millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Insane in the Membrane has been nominated in the Pod Bible Poll Winners Awards. Pod Bible is the UK's first ever magazine dedicated to podcasts, and we couldn't be more grateful to its readers. Thanks. Please vote for us by going to podbiblemag.com, or even easier, clicking the link within the show notes for this episode, where there's also ticket details for our next live show in February. Now, over to Rich Wilson, live at the Pleasance in London. Please welcome out our guest for this evening, Mr Nick Howe! <laughs> Take your seat, mate. Take your seat. So here we are. How are you, Nick? I'm all right, thank you. You're all right, mate. Thanks for coming down. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we did a gig the other day and we drove back from Forest Road, which is down near East Grinstead. Uh, so it was about an is hour or so. Is that where it is? is it East Grinstead? Did you not I know? couldn't work out where it was, no. no. <laughs> I got the train and then I got off the train and then I got in a cab. And I said, can you take me to Forest Row? And he didn't know where it was either. <laughs> <laughs> it is a funny one. The first time I did it, I just drove around the road because I was looking for a particular gig, but it's in a pub. And I was, there was no sort of stuff. The sat nav gets you to like a mini roundabout and then it goes. <laughs> Good luck, sunshine. So there we are. And then we, so we were driving back from London. So it's about an hour or so's drive. So we talked about movies all the way. Mm. Yeah. And so uh, Nick was worried that we wouldn't have anything to talk about now. But uh, <laughs> don't worry about that. We're going to talk about it. So how are you, Nick? Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. All right. I'm all right. Yeah. yeah. How you, we, I was talking to the to the to the good people here. Um, about, I heard. Yes. Yeah, are behind. you all right there? <laughs> I was behind the camera. I'm trying to be. Pro- I'm trying to be professional. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. it? It was weird back there. Yeah. <laughs> it's weirder out here though, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't even. You have not seen back there. It's fucking shit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to the people of the Pleasance. There's four bins. <laughs> There's like four like proper like dust bins. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Not like not like. Not, not like a waste paper bin, like no. four, four Proper fucking... old school 1970s dustbins. Yeah, fucking... For no reason. They're just there. I love a good green room. I didn't you? bring enough rubbish with me. <laughs> Actually, that's a good idea. I might clean my car out. Yeah. <laughs> I might do that. But, Nick, you're, you're, you live round the corner. I do. Do you know Jimmy? Jimmy lives round the corner. <laughs> oh, Jimmy! Yeah. yeah. Can see him in the fucking lights. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And I was talking to the people about, as you heard, talking about, you know, how <laughs> difficult, as you heard, men find it difficult to talk about their feelings. Nick, how do you, are you, are you have you grown up in an environment where it was easy to talk or? Yeah. Yeah? All right, good chat. Thanks, man. Because <laughs> 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 uh, I, I was, I know you're a bit younger than me, but I, I, was, I was a kid in the 70s and we were told when we were kids, yeah, you had to be a certain way because you were a bloke, right? You had to not, not talk, you weren't about to make your feelings, you weren't allowed to cry, um, you had to follow football and all the usual old bollocks. Was that the same for you? No. No? No, not really. Um, but I was, I, I don't think I was ever told not to cry. No? <laughs> I mean, that's abuse, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Welcome to my world. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was never into football. Uh, and I was, it wasn't sort of like, but I mean, we were talking about this in the car, weren't we? Where, so, you know, you remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do remember, yeah, but I thought yeah. I'd save that for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, my dad was into sort of, uh, I think it's like, if you're into football, then it's something that you inherit. That's right, yeah. And, uh, and it's a shorthand for people. I was never into football, so I've never had that shorthand with sort of like other men. Yeah. Where... I was, I was basically saying that we uh, were fil- I was filming a sitcom uh, called The Reluctant Landlord yep. with uh, Ramesh Ranganathan. <laughs> and, um, and I have got n- no 
nothing to talk about in terms of football. And uh, and I was on set with Nigel Havers, and I was thinking, Nigel fucking Havers, fucking, yeah, oh, you know, it's a big deal. Grew up watching Nigel Havers, and I really wanted something to say to Nigel Havers. I couldn't think of a fucking thing to say to <laughs> Nigel Havers. And we just stood on set because we'd been put in our places with our little, uh, you know, little marks on the floor for the camera set up. And I'm stood with Nigel Havers, and I think, oh, I can't think of a fucking thing to say to him. I was just thinking, I really want to say something to Nigel Havers. And we stood there for like five minutes, can't think of anything to say. And Romesh just comes in and he goes, uh, what's your team? And then they talk for like uh. 15, <laughs> 20 minutes about like, their fucking favourite And I just think, I just don't have that, I don't have that. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. But yeah. like my dad was into sort of like um, classical music and painting and opera and stuff like that. Oh, really? And my mum was into maths. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they watched the World Cup and stuff, but I never inherited that off my dad, so... So you got your arty side from them? Mm. Yeah. And that's what I did. I, was, I, I used my imagination to invent friends. <laughs> <laughs> but I was the same. I never had that. I didn't have that. I, I, it's been really difficult growing... Cos I grew up with proper men, like geezers, and so I'd always be the one stood in the corner not being able to join in, or I'd go, oh, yeah, about Palace, eh? Yeah. And they go, fucking Palace? And then I'd be like, oh, I don't know what I'm saying. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I used to work in a sports bar, and they used to really like me working in a sports bar because I didn't ever watch the sports. Right. I would just, like, pour all the drinks. And there'd be, like, a rugby match on, and I'd be like, come on, Beckham! And, uh, and everyone would stop and look at me and go, fucking what? And I'd be like, I'm a bit of a wally. <laughs> <laughs> was that difficult for you at school as well? Did you find it? Did you enjoy school? No. 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 I, no I, uh, I, I grew up in London uh, until I was about eight, and then and that was fine. And then when I moved to St Albans, um, everyone was into football. Actually, all the boys were into football, but it wasn't like it, you know, it wasn't yeah. like proper football. It was you know, right. There would be a ball, and then. <laughs> Hundred boys would chase the ball around <laughs> yeah, yeah. for like the whole of lunch break, and then they'd start. And so I, I was never really into that sort of stuff. But well, we always, it, yeah, everyone was there because I was at an all boys school, and they were all obsessed with football. Even if they didn't have a football, they'd find something to kick around. So it'd either be yeah. a, like a small, yeah, it'd be me, <laughs> lunch boxes, just anything. They're just obsessed with kicking stuff. Mm. And it was a very, it was a very. Uh, masculine, very, very testosterone-filled environment where at any minute you might get you might get a wedgie or you might get your head punched in just for just for being around. Mm. And so I grew up, there was like an air of violence around in the when I was a kid. Yeah. For some reason. I don't know if that was because I was just maybe I just brought it out in people. I don't know. Yeah. I've just realised that we're both wearing woolly hats. We are wearing woolly hats. <laughs> we look like <laughs> We look like two fishermen. <laughs> no, I thought I was looking really cool, right? And then I saw myself, I'm like, no, no, I look like a funky Captain Bird's eye. <laughs> but you look cool. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, mate. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what did, was it an all-boy school or was it...? No, I no. went to a mixed school. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like, prior... So, I, I moved from uh, London on a Friday and then I started school uh, in St Albans on the Monday. So oh, I had really? like one weekend where I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, on uh, my first day at school in uh, St Albans, uh, I turned up to school and one kid just said, all right, fatty! And then I was the fat kid for like, the rest of my life. Even though you were probably, like, two stone. I mean, I hadn't put on that much weight over the weekend. So <laughs> I, I wasn't fat on Friday, and then on the Monday I was morbidly obese. And it was like, all oh, right, it's like that, is it? St Albans, fine. You were just uh, comfort-eating, do you reckon? Maybe. Oh, well, I did after that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. My nickname at school was um, Eric. Because it's a great nickname. Yeah, well, the, yeah, well, the thing is, so the rumor went round that I'd got an erection in in the in English, <laughs> and I hadn't. But for five years, my nickname was Eric, Eric, and I went with it. I went, oh yeah, fine, and that was it. And then people go, why? I went, oh, and I'd lie. I go, oh, I got an erection. <laughs> you got an erection in English. Yeah, I got. Can you get it. an erection in any other languages? <laughs> I have very xenophobic, racist erections. <laughs> they're not. They're not. I have Brexit. No. <laughs> Brexit, Eric. So, um, yeah, that was my nickname for five years because that, and it didn't even happen. But I was so nervous, I just went with it. I, I accepted it to the point I started to believe it was true. 
Huh? How old are you? I'm 47. How old were you? <laughs> you were 47 when you were in school with an erection? <laughs> Fucking hell. That's why I had an erection. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that sort of podcast. Uh, that's the only reason you're here. This is <laughs> Welcome to the group of nonces. <laughs> Fucking hell. We can edit that out, yes? <laughs> Leave it in. <laughs> that's what she... That doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that's that, that was the environment I grew up in. That was, yeah, kind of... Because it was that, once you got a nickname, you couldn't... If you denied it, it would just get more shit. So you kind of just went with it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, my nickname was Nick, so... Nick. <laughs> I was fine. <laughs> and what was the thinking behind that? Uh, I got an erection in, <laughs> in maths. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you left school, did you go to further education or did you go straight to work? I went to university in Winchester. What did you? Yeah, Winchester. You say, Winchester. I went to university in Winchester, and they go, Manchester, and you go, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Manchester, Winchester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How was that? Uh, well, uh, when we visited, when I, when I visited Winchester, I visited it on, it was a really beautiful sunny day. I don't oh, know if you've ever been classic. to... Classic. I don't know if you've ever been to Winchester, but it's got, like, these rolling hills. It looks like, you know... Hobbit, Hobbiton. Yeah, it's nice. You know, there's like fucking rolling hills and it's all green and it's beautiful and the sun was shining and the sky was blue and you just think, oh, I could spend three years here. And then I went to Winchester and it rained for eight months and it was fucking, <laughs> it's fucking miserable. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's quite small. So you ended up... I always think that, you know, if you go to like a, like a university and sort of... Like, I think... I, so I almost went to Manchester... But it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's like the whole city, basically. Yeah. But when you're in Winchester, you you know, you make really close friends because there's only about five pubs. and. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, what did you study? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> drama, drama, colon, television and theatre. Oh, nice. Where's well, coming, Andy? Do you know what? I bumped into someone the other way. I don't. It was. It was. Uh, it, it was useless. Um, it was. It was. I, technically, it was a waste of time, because uh, we made documentaries and stuff. But um, uh, we were there just as everything was going digital. But all of our equipment was just like really fucking huge cameras that you yeah, put right. VHS tapes in. Oh gee, and yeah. it was like it was it was out of date then. <laughs> and like, it was out of date while we were doing it, and we were like making documentaries tape to tape, and, and it was just like none of this is no. <laughs> none of this is useful. And then when we left, they shut down the course, and then they completely reinvented all of like the, uh, the yeah right. The, um, IT department. Modernised it all. It was just rubbish. And, uh, so so I got a degree, but the, the, and I think the university, it was uh, King Alfred's College, which was affiliated with Southampton, and now it's its own university. So where I went to university doesn't exist anymore, and the course didn't exist as soon as we finished. <laughs> so it's almost like I could have just made it up. Um, and and, I, and it's never, I've never got a single job off of it. And, um, uh, you know, I did bar work for fucking ten years. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, I, I got first. <laughs> Guinness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, it was like, yeah. But um, but then thinking, uh, I bumped into someone that I went to university with. I'd just been on tour, and, and uh, some people I went to university with came to see me when I went uh, to their towns and stuff. And then we were just thinking, actually, um, you do end up using skills, but you end up using skills in ways that you didn't think that, that you would, you know. Yeah. So we did lots of, uh, you know... Well, I did theatre and education. So when I finished university, I did theatre and education because that was one of the things. So we'd go into schools as part of the course. Well, part of the course was you could just... You'd have to find, like, a group of people to sort of, like, do, like, a project with. Yeah. And everyone was kind of like, right, we'll go to the terminal wards and we'll do something that's hard-hitting about people with terminal illnesses. Yeah, and we'd go, oh, let's just do angry kids. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go into a school, <laughs> you know. Because you, you can get a good degree, you can get a good grade without having to do anything that's hard-hitting, you know. And we were, like, 19 and we were all getting drunk all the time. It's just like, what are we possibly going to add yeah. to anyone's lives? <laughs> Especially when they're... At the, I don't want this to be their last memory. There's <laughs> a fucking hungover student just trying to get a fucking first, do you know what I mean? So we were just like, we can fuck the kids up. If we fuck the kids up, we get them nice and early. So we went around schools and did that. And then um, when I finished university, um, I didn't really know what to do. I started writing um, plays and stuff when I was at uni and I took my first play up to Edinburgh in 2001 oh, when I was 20. And then after I left university, I really loved doing Edinburgh. 
So in order to make money to do Edinburgh, I started doing theatre and education for the rest of the year. And uh, we'd go into, like, uh, I did like a, um, it was a, you know what theatre and education is? It's, you know, it's when, you know, no one, not one no. person, <laughs> just staring at me like I'm a massive cunt. Uh, <laughs> so uh, theatre and education is like when you do like a play, Right. an issue-based play and you go into a school and then you perform it in front of kids and they go, right, thank you very much for that. OK. And we did a, we did a play about uh, car crashes and speeding. And <laughs> for the kids? Yeah, for, well, for, like, for like 16, 16 17-year-olds. That's and, fair enough, yeah, they're getting into it. And, you'd, yeah. and, and I'd have to go in, so I wrote it and I directed it and I was in it and... Um, and I couldn't drive, and so I was, <laughs> and I, I still can't. And I'd have to go in and say, "Be careful what you do with your cars, guys." And so it wasn't—I wasn't quite a hypocrite, but it felt like fucking dirty. But <laughs> you'd get paid, and then you could do Edinburgh. But like, I'd go—I'd be going into like schools with like 500, um, like boys' schools yeah, in front right. of 500 Jeez. angry yeah. boys that didn't want to be told what they could do with their cars. And you'd go in, and they would hate you, and they would say, "Is this your fucking job, mate?" And you'd be. Like, yeah, it's, it's awful. And then I just thought, do you know what? If I can do that, I can do stand up. Yeah. I can I can do Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can do fucking fifteen minutes in front of three drunk people in a room above a pub. That'll be fucking easy. And so I just thought I'll do that instead actually. But yeah. So is that was that so did you do stand up straight away after that? You go, yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna go and do it, or did you go back and did you not do it for a while? Or? I, d well, no. I stopped doing theatre education and everything. Uh, yeah, and I, um, I didn't get a contract renewed, and I was just like, right, what do I do now? Uh, and then uh, did bar work and admin and stuff like that. And then, uh, and then, oh, I, I, do you know what? So I was really, <laughs> so I was really depressed. Right. So in the, so I was, uh, so at uh, so when I was at school, I, I was sort of, I didn't really have a lot of friends until about year eleven. And what I realised was I used to hang around with all of like the bullies and stuff. Right. Okay. Um, uh, because I just thought if I'm close to the bullies, then yeah, I'm yeah, less likely to be picked on. But that was worse because you're actually nearer the bullies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you're and just you're, got, yeah. you're handy if yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah I've got it'll that, do. Yeah. Don't have to walk over there. <laughs> so, Nick, so I, come over here. So I just fucking I got I got bullied for like a long, long time, and uh, and then I was just like, fuck this. I don't want to. I'm not I'm not friends with any of these people. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then what I found out was that um, all of the all of the kids from every year group that were picked on mm. always used to hang around in the art department. Right. And so you'd go to the art department, and because um, you know, bullies are like in year groups, yeah. But the art department was like from like year oh, nine wow. to the sixth form, and so we'd all get hammered at the weekends and start fucking each other. <laughs> and then you'd come into school, and it would be like, oh yeah, what did you do at the weekend? Well, we you know hung around outside the bins, <laughs> <laughs> and we were drinking like they were drinking like twenty twenty in the rose gardens. And you're like, what did you do? Oh, you don't know. I got fucking. <laughs> We were, in, we were out clubbing, we were having house parties and stuff. It was like all the arty kids were sort of like a lot more fun to hang around with. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, and then so I started doing that. And, um, uh, and, but, and I did really well at school. And then I did, without putting too much work into university, did really well at university. And then you finish university and then you're just like, oh, it's the real world now. And then yeah. you're sort of like, oh, fuck, what now? And so I sort of like accidentally overachieved. Yeah. For like quite, and then you're just like, oh, I'm fucked. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then I was sort of like living every year to get to Edinburgh so I could do an Edinburgh show. And then, uh, but the rest of the time, I was kind of like, it was like no man's land. I didn't have, uh, a lot of my friends took a year out in um, St Albans and so there wasn't anyone around in St Albans to hang around with in that year after university. You mean St Albans on your own? I had one friend who was very aggressive and... Um, <laughs> and, and a bit of a theme. He, he was like... A, we, I, we were mutual friends with another guy who was at university and so then we were sort of like stranded together and, uh, you know, I had to... Shit. It was... Yeah. I joined a gym uh, because I wanted to do something positive oh, right. but he'd go with me to the gym and he'd make it really hyper competitive <laughs> and it was just miserable and then eventually you have to have one of those you know you've got to like break up with a friend you know it's like a breakup oh, yeah i've never done that it's awful <laughs> it's like it's like you know so you have to sit down and you have to say i just don't think we've got that much in common wow um, i didn't know that was a thing not for friends has anyone else done that with friends you have yeah I've never done that. Not with friends. I just kind of just disappear. I was in St Albans with one other guy. 
he would have found me. He would have definitely found me. So it was kind of like... Um, so, uh, and so then, yes, yeah, so I kind of like, didn't know what to do for a long time, and I was sort of... Um, and uh, it's really weird. Um, I, t I did someone else's podcast the other week, and uh, you had to sort of like find some writing that you that you that you never performed. And right. Sort of like, and I so in in my mid early to mid twenties, I drank a lot. I used to drink like a lot. Right. And I was on my own. And so what I'd do is I'd write. So I'd write plays. Yeah. And I would drink, I'd start about 11 o'clock at night and I would drink three bottles of wine a night. Jesus. And I would write all the way up until like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I hadn't stood up. <laughs> and my desk was right next to my bed and I'd stand up and I'd collapse on my bed <laughs> and I'd sleep in the day and then I'd write plays at night. And, uh, it's very romantic. Very romantic. <laughs> and it's, but I wrote so much that every time I have to start a show now, I'll be like, I've got like thousands and thousands. Oh, of that's like, amazing! And so uh, uh, they're all duplicate files, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you have to like wade through all the files. But I've got so much that I wrote in my mid twenties that you know, even if you never use it, it's like a good you know, starting yeah. off point, and you go, oh, what, what did I write there? And um, uh, yeah, so I was, I was doing all this, and uh, and I, I remember I used to um, uh, there was sort of like we had a garage. And a neighbour's house, and like a back, you know, it was like a side door. There was the front door here, and there was a side door here. And I used to go out uh, at like three o'clock in the morning and have a fag. Yeah. And I would stare up at the sky, and I would think, I wish I could be anywhere other than here. Right. And you'd see the stars in the sky, and you'd feel really tiny. And yeah. Be like, and then, um, yeah, and I didn't know what to do, and I was really depressed, and. Um, uh, so then what I did was, when I got to about, I think I was 25, and I wrote a list of all the things that I wanted to do, like potentially do with my right. life. Uh, one of them was like, write a book, be an astronaut, <laughs> be a cowboy. <laughs> At 25? Be in a band. And I was like, well, I'm too old to get clever enough to be an astronaut, so that's off. And, uh, and what about so, a cowboy? So uh, never too old to be a cowboy. <laughs> and, uh, there was, so I just had this big sort of like, it was like a spider diagram of kind of like all the things that I wanted to do. And then I looked at all the stuff, like be in a band, uh, be a stand-up comedian, uh, be an actor, make a film. And so it was all that stuff. And then I looked at all the stuff and I thought, well, what is what is immediately within my grasp that doesn't require, you know, roping in a, uh, another bunch of people to do it. Because I was writing plays right. and you'd be reliant on when other people were available and you'd have to convince people to do what you wanted them to do. Right, right? yeah, and yeah. So when you're in a band, you were in control of, like, you know, you, you're, there's, like, another four other people in the band and you've got, like, you know... I just, so I just crossed all this stuff off and I, obviously I want to write a book. So, but that'll take months. So, don't want to. So then, um, and one of the last things on there was like being a stand-up comedian. So, I scraped it. together some money and I did a one-day course um, in Crouch End. Right. Yeah. And you just basically had to tell a story um, that you wouldn't tell your mum. <laughs> and luckily for me, um, uh, I went on a date where she uh, broke my dick. And I what? was able to tell everyone that. <laughs> so it was very lucky. Um, I felt very blessed that day. Uh, she snapped my frenulum and there was blood everywhere. I wrote a show about it. And, uh, and, uh, and I told that story and they said, oh, you could just do that on stage tonight. And I was like, oh, brilliant. So he gave me the number for a comedy club and I went on a waiting list in like six months. It was a long waiting list. And uh, in between then, I'd written a play which had taken me about seven or eight years, and we got one star in Edinburgh. <laughs> and, uh, but it was a printing error because it was meant to be two stars. But really? <laughs> which I think, it, I, think, I think two stars is worse than a one star. Yeah. Because at least a one star people come and see you, but two stars are just like, we're not going to fucking bother with the two star. <laughs> so, uh, so I was blessed again that we got the one star. And, um, and then I was just like, I spent seven years doing that. And then I did a comedy course in September 2000. Uh, I, did a, I did my first gig in September 2006. And it was like, and I wrote jokes on the way to the gig, yeah. and I did them, and it's just like whether they work or not. I haven't spent seven years no. writing them, <laughs> and it was fine. And then I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And then. And you did, did it help with your depression? No. No. <laughs> no, but no. I, but it's weird. Cause it's, it's weird. I, I think about it because like if I didn't have depression, then I don't know what I'd write about. 
So it's kind yeah, of right. like, so it's this weird relationship that you have with it. In an ideal world, you wouldn't be depressed and you wouldn't feel depressed. In mm. an ideal world, you'd be happy. Yeah. But then who wants to hear someone on stage talking about being happy? That's very no true, one. actually. So so it's like, it's this. my depression is sort of like a weird friend. Like in a, we're in a, like an abusive yeah. relationship where you go, I don't know what I'd do without it, really, because it's sort of like when I'm depressed, I write and it okay. gets me out of the depression. And I also think that when I'm uh, depressed, um, if you're not getting anything out of it, then mm. it's a waste of life. And so if you channel it into creative stuff, at least you're getting that out of it. And then sort of like, you know, depression is kind of like a wave and you, you get depressed and then you, mm. and, and then you, you cheer up a bit and then you yeah. get depressed again. <laughs> and it's kind of like, so if it's always with you, then you might as well try and harness it for something. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Insane in the Membrane has been nominated in the Pod Bible Poll Winners Awards. Pod Bible is the UK's first ever magazine dedicated to podcasts, and we couldn't be more grateful to its readers. Thanks. Please vote for us by going to podbiblemag.com, or even easier, clicking the link within the show notes for this episode, where there's also ticket details for our next live show in February. Insane in the Membrane is made by Dark Horse Digital, shooting, live streaming, and independent podcast producers. Now, back to Rich Wilson live at the Pleasance in London. I didn't think I did, but I do suffer with depression, but it's, and it's debilitating, like it's proper squashes you into the bed depression, and, it, and I'm loathe to take anything to... to so I don't want to take any medication. I'm sort of like, mm. I'll ride it out, but I don't... I, so that's really interesting that you can use it to channel... You channel it into your, into your creativity, because mm. I find that I, I've tried, and I'll be stood there, and I'll be like, right, just do something, but I just can't just can't get going. I have to wait until I'm on the, the on the way back up. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll have an idea. And I go, all oh, right, and then I'll feel better because I've had an idea. I don't think that, I don't, I, see, I just don't think it, it's mutually exclusive, you know? And I've just done this tour and I've been, you know, I've spent three months going around, and Edinburgh as well. Um, I basically, two years ago, I took a year off stand-up because I was depressed. And, you know, I, I was writing, uh, you know, um, treatments for, like, TV projects and stuff. And, but it's, like, invisible work, and you feel like you don't exist anymore. And Even was, after the success of Uncle and... Yeah, because it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a fleeting success, because um, cause although that exists on Netflix, mm. you're not currently doing it, yeah, right, you know? Okay. So it's just kind of like, I, I'm happiest when I'm busy and when I'm working. And when... Um, and, the, the, you know... I think that gap between leaving university and before I started stand-up, you're kind of like waiting for someone to give you an opportunity. Mm. And then what stand-up allowed you to do was make your own opportunities. Yeah. And then it's great, it's brilliant, and then you do all that, and then you get like a TV project, and you think this is absolutely fucking incredible. And then that goes away, and then you get used to people giving you opportunities again. And then you're kind of like, well, what now? No one's given me any opportunities. Yeah. And then you forget that 
actually, the, what's great about this job is that if I wanted to work tonight, I could phone up my agent yeah. and get a gig, and I could go off and I could do something. Um, so I can work whenever I want, really. Uh, and um, and you're not waiting. I think that's the that's the real good thing about. Um, the di that's the real difference between being a stand-up and being an actor. Yeah. Is that when you're an actor, you have to wait for someone to give you permission yeah, to do true. your job, and when you're a stand-up, you can just do it yourself. So the thing that I say to any actors, um, you know, people sometimes ask me for advice, Rich. <laughs> and, um, and the you were listening. The thing I say, the thing I say to actors, or you know, is that if you're if you're an actor, then you should learn to write because right, yeah. if, even if you're not acting, you're writing, and you can create your own opportunities for stuff. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so I just did this tour and I felt really good. It was like I felt, and it was about depression, my, my show, okay. and uh, and I covered a lot of the same ground that you were talking about before I came on, and only you did it in five minutes and I did it in two hours, and it's kind of like <laughs> just realised I've wasted a lot of people's time. Um, but um, we could but, do it in two hours if you want. I don't. Know. But it's really weird because you know you do you do the tour and you're talking about depression and you're meeting lots of people. Uh, you, after the gigs and um, you're meeting other people that suffer from depression and you talk to them about it and it's kind of like I, f I felt like I had a purpose mm. you know it was kind of like oh I I've written a show and that's great and people were entertained and it's you know two hours of laughing and stuff and that's great but then um, what is there anything more to it than that and then you realize that actually you know at its best you can do something that's not only just good for me and it makes me feel good to go out and share something with people and talk to them but actually when you meet people afterwards you realize that you can actually have a positive effect on someone aside from just comedy yeah. and making people laugh you can actually do something that actually means something to people um and so that's really great and then i finished the tour two weeks ago and i've never been more depressed right. and it's just like <laughs> you go fucking hell and it's just like and it's literally just about keeping busy and, and working and kind of so when i feel useful um, I'm happy and yeah. when I'm when I'm when I'm just sitting around waiting for stuff it's just kind of like I, know, I go exactly mental yeah I, I was a I was a parent since I, since I was 20 years old so I've always had even even at my lowest deb I've always had I'm like oh no I've got to up my game because I've got two lads that are reliant on me and now they've grown up they don't need me anymore they're like yeah I'm busy dad I'm busy so I'm like oh shit I, oh, that's what, I didn't realize that's what I was relying on to keep me up <laughs> And now I now I have to look. If someone said like straight away, if someone goes, "Can you help me with this?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I'm there, and I become dad. And I'm like, yeah, like Jade. I'm always like, if Jade was if Jade was more organised, I'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have nothing to do. Uh, like, There's a towel on the bed. Oh, let me put it in the thing. Oh. <laughs> so that I didn't realise that was what I was doing. I've now replaced my kids with Jade, which is weird. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I yeah I didn't realise. So now I'm I'm sort of like finding new ways to sort of keep myself up. And so like like you said, keep busy. Like doing comedy, yeah, it's great. But but I, you mentioned that podcast just now where you said you went you had to find stuff you've not performed out yeah. loud before. I did that podcast and I didn't realise. I look back, I'm like, oh no, I'm still doing the same jokes. <laughs> There was when I started. Oh shit! I need to write some new jokes. So yeah. So I, well, I was inspired by the fact that I hadn't written anything new in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was so drunk when I did most of my writing that I, uh, you know, yeah. I just find stuff and I go, God, that guy's really good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, not, it's not me, but yeah. fucking hell. And his spelling was fucking immaculate. <laughs> fucking hell. And he's really, he's wonderful, right? Really great, really amazing. But yeah. Well, the other thing is, you know, talking about kind of like being depressed and like, you know, sinking into your bed and all that mm. stuff. Uh, what's good is sort of like, um, you know, having stuff in your diary that you actually have to leave the house for. Yes. And the hardest thing, I think, is getting out of your house. Yeah. Are you just saying, I can't leave the flat, I can't, you know, uh, function, I, yeah. can't, I can't do anything. And then it takes the biggest amount of energy to leave the flat. And then as soon as you leave the flat, actually, things are a lot better. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. Uh, as soon as you start interacting with people and seeing people, then it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know... Uh, you go, well, knocker, I, I, I should have done this earlier. Yeah, yeah. You know? I had a gig last week and I spent the entire day uh, just sort of like like bedridden. I, like, I couldn't get out and I was dreading yeah, it. Right. It's a new material night as well. I thought this is going to go badly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've done the same material for like a year and then you go, oh, I've got to start writing new stuff. 
and I just didn't want to do the gig. And then I went to the gig, and as soon as I got to the gig, there was like people that I knew there, Amazing. people that I really love. Yeah. And so you go, oh, actually, I should have fucking left the house yeah. like, like five hours ago. Oh man, I'm the same. And it's funny, we, I keep seeing this pop up on social media. This like memes and things like that about people. Like, isn't it amazing when the other person that you're supposed to be meeting says they can't make it? Like when you've made plans, the other person, the other person cancels. You're like, fucking yeah. <laughs> but it's really, it's terrible. You should actually really. Oh, I do like that as well. Yeah, we're gonna get cool. Say why? Mmm, delicious. Because because you've also got a little bit of a, oh, a guilt-free yeah, wang. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not letting anyone down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's that I yeah, I'm the same and it is and when I go and meet people and or, or, especially with comics, the amount of times I've heard other comics going, Yeah, I've just been on my own for the last few days and I'm like, Yeah, so have I. We should have had the coffee. We should have at least met up. Yeah. You know, we should and I, last week I was lucky enough to I was in Manchester and I bumped into uh, Michael Smiley mm. and just happened to just literally randomly bumped into him. And he's been a guest on the podcast. I've known him a few years. It was like fuck, and had the best time. And then, uh, and from that, someone else was like, "Do you want to?" Make a I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" All of a sudden, I'm meeting people. I'm out. I'm like, "Fucking yes!" <laughs> and it really does make a difference. Yeah, it's because uh, um, they've when social media started kicking in, and it was, uh, and you know, you have like you hear stories about people being depressed uh, because of social media. And, uh, and I always thought that that was because, you know, oh, you see someone on holiday and you go like, oh, I wish I was on yeah, right, holiday. Yeah. But I don't think it is that. I think it's the fact is that um, you, you, what happens is you see people with a presence on social media like Twitter or, in, you know, social media. And, <laughs> but, like, but like Twitter and Instagram and it's kind of like it's you're... As someone that is on Twitter and Instagram and a comedian, you're constantly trying to come up with content That's right, yeah. for Twitter and Instagram and sort of like, right, well, I haven't done an Instagram thing today or I haven't done a Twitter thing today or the last few yeah. days. So you're trying to think of stuff to do. So you've got everyone that's doing that and it looks like everyone is really busy. Yep. It looks like everyone's kind of like got, you know, is getting on with stuff and doing stuff and you're just like thinking... Um, uh, and, and also you check in with people without contacting them. Yes. Right, so I'll see you on social media yeah. and I'll feel like I've had an update on what you're up to and I don't need to talk to you. Yeah. you know? <laughs> it's true. Because you filled yeah. in the gaps, right? Um, and uh, But what you're not doing is you're not actually contacting people and saying, hello, how are you doing? Do you want to meet up? And I would say that like nine times out of ten, the person on the other end of the text has just been waiting for a text. Yeah, 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 every you know? time. And every people, time. People, people get lost in their own worlds and their own lives. And the yeah. Thing. And that's great. And... and mm. um, but I think that you, the part of it is that you, because of social media, you assume that A, they're busy, and B, you don't really need to get in contact because you already know how they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's very, you know, it's just like the tip of the iceberg, really, in terms of what that person's up to and what they're, you know, yeah. what they're doing. And they're just creating content. And, you know, real human beings, you, <laughs> everyone is just creating content yeah. so that they can show that they're like doing stuff with their lives. Yes, it, and yeah, it's yeah. such, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not like going ban social media, but no. I am saying that... Um, Take it for, for, with a pinch of salt. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and you know, I, 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 um, I felt like I'd really fucked up a friendship and, um, and I couldn't sleep all night. This is last week. And I, yeah, right. I just had like a really, I couldn't sleep. I was really worried and I was just like, I haven't heard from them in like eight months and I don't know why they don't talk to me anymore. I feel really shit about it. Uh, and I was like racking my brains all night just thinking, well, maybe it was this and maybe it was that. And I was just like, no, fuck that cunt. Fucking, I didn't do nothing wrong. Uh, and I was like, I did, I'm a terrible person. And you go through all this thing and it's like eight hours of not being able to sleep. Yeah. And uh, and then I went to sleep. And then randomly, uh, I, uh, I eventually got to sleep and I woke up at like one o'clock in the afternoon. And when I looked at my phone, they'd messaged me and uh, they said, sorry, it's been so long. Uh, you know, and they wanted to, someone, someone that I know that books a gig. And they said, would you like to do a gig? And I was just like, oh yeah. And then I just said, that's what you hated me. And they were like, I don't hate you, I've got two kids. And you're like, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I, I am barren. Um, but, like, uh, but yeah, so it's kind of like, you never, you don't know what other people are thinking particularly. And oh, so, yeah. som sometimes they do hate you. But, <laughs> but, but sometimes they just busy. And so, I'm the worst. I get in my own head, especially with gigs. Like I, I talked about this the other day. I can, I could, I can do this. I can stand in front of people, strangers, and I can make people laugh. But 
I can't even send an email sometimes, to, especially if someone I've not gigged to before. I'm like, oh god, no, 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 no the reason they're not, I'm not doing that gig is because they think I'm shit. And that's what it. And then you email, and go, mate, we we just thought you were busy. That's why we've not had you on. But I'm in my head. I'm like, they fucking hate me. They don't want me on. They don't want me at their gig. They think I'm shit. And this, and I get in my own head. And it's all I needed to do was go, how you doing? Any chance of me popping down? And when I do, they go, fuck yeah, we've been waiting for you. Come down, you dickhead. <laughs> so there's that. But then yeah. there probably is. But something. then also there's the thing is other people, you know, especially in in comedy, but you know, everyone's mentally ill. That's very true. Right. And so I had I had a friend that I hadn't talked to in ages, and I was just like, fucking hell. And I wrote this big long message to him, and I was just like, look, I really love you, and I don't know why we're not talking anymore. Um, and all I can say is, you know, sometimes I'm not always at my best, and you know, and sometimes I think you take things too seriously, and uh, and whatever it is, I just want to be able to work it out. And he was just like, oh, I've been really busy. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I'm sorry too. And I was just like, no, I'm sorry too. And I said, yeah, I'm mentally ill. I'm sorry, I'm mentally ill. And he said, yeah, so. Am I? And I was just like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so you know, you, you, I think that part of part of what I'm trying to deal with and trying to learn is that I can only deal with my own mental illness. Uh, but because I'm mentally ill, I just assume that everyone else is fine. Exactly. And yeah. what you realise is that sometimes you can be mentally ill and someone else can be mentally ill. And that is a lethal combination of people. Yeah. And you just go, right, well, they've got... It's not me, necessarily, that's doing that to them, but it's yeah. the way they're interpreting things sometimes. And you sometimes... It's like a minefield where you kind of, like, go, what what percentage or what am I actually responsible for in, yeah. this, in this relationship? And how much is it that they're projecting onto me? And how much is it that they've actually... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, my yeah. instinct is to take, a, you know, 100% of the blame for everything. Oh, yes. And then, and then you just realise, you go, actually, it's not always... It's not always like that. No. And sometimes they're bringing a lot of baggage to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, you've got to kind of, like, work it out and be kind to yourself sometimes. I think it's also... That's why it's important that we have... We start talking to each other. And actually, when you say to someone, how are you actually be be interested in the answer. You know what I mean? And then and that's how... Because we, we're all very good at going, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And you sort of move on. And there isn't... We don't really, like, how are you really? And like, yeah, well, actually, there was some shit going on. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, cool. I mean, you don't need to turn it into a therapy session, but we do, I think sometimes we need to get... We need to be more... More, more detail. Do you know what I mean? More like, like how are you really? Are you all right? You know, do you know what I mean? And then, because it's all we all we can all go about our business and go, "Hey, you do yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm good." And then we talk about the weather or some shit like that. And sometimes you need a bit more, a deeper conversation. Do you know what I mean? Sorry, I wasn't listening. What? <laughs> I knew something was coming. I knew it. I was looking you in the eye. I'm, I'm, a, like, great, I'm a great this, comedian. I'm like, a great comedian. This cunt setting a joke up. <laughs> One of the best. One of the best. <laughs> Award winning. Award winning. Uh, Award nominated. Um, <laughs> A world winner, I talk about myself. Anyway, go on. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. Yeah. You know, it's, it, um, it, is, it is about, like, uh, actually... But I think that I'm pretty good at talking to people. Yes. I, I had a friend that came over last night and we were going to watch a film. We were going to watch The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. <laughs> and uh, I've not seen it. Is it good? Yeah, yeah is it really sad? No. It's not sad. Is it beautiful? Yeah, is I was... It a nice uh, one? I don't think you'd like it. You don't think I'd like it? <laughs> What are you talking about? I like Predator. <laughs> right, it's right, in Total Recall. <laughs> okay. um, we talked about the transport the other night. What a film. Transporter. Seminal. Fucking hell, Statham. <laughs> fucking hell. Is he in, Seminal, is he in Umbrellas of Sherbrooke? Um, no, I, I, I've... Uh, so she came over and we were going to watch that and then we ended up not watching it and we ended up just talking until, like, five o'clock in the morning. Brilliant. And you go, oh, right, it's brilliant. You know. Yeah. And, I'd, you know, I'd really needed to talk to someone and then we just chatted all night. Yeah. And we never, you know, we never watched the DVD. Right. And you're just like going, oh. That's nice though, isn't it, when it happens? Yeah, I'm pretty good yeah. at talking about. Yeah, I am now. I never, never used to be, but last few years, I think, as I've got older as well, it gets easier. It feels easier. I just think yeah. you get to a point where you think, like, what have I got to lose? That's true. Yeah, I give yeah. a fuck. I, I I've lost a all shit. my friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah, I think there is a thing of oversharing. But I don't know, I don't really have that. Uh, switch. Oh, I've done that a couple of times. I overshare all the time. Yeah, <laughs> where I've gone, I, they've gone, how are you? And I've started telling them, and I could just see their face going. 
and I've told them some heavy shit. And I'm like, oh no, this is because I've been on my own all day and I haven't spoken to anyone. Now I've told you that I was trying to masturbate and then I couldn't. And then just some weird shit like that. And then they're like, I went to that gig and, uh, and I was so happy to see everyone. And they like, hey, Nick, how are you been? I've been terrible. <laughs> I, I couldn't leave my bed all day and now I'm here. I'm so delighted to be here. It's so good to see everyone. And then you're just like going, oh, why did I say that? Yeah. I can, just everyone everyone re- edging out. <laughs> everyone <laughs> going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, you know. So it's trying to find that balance, isn't it? It's that balance, isn't it? It's balance. Um, but you're, you two, you're a couple, aren't you? You two. Yeah. Do you find it easy to talk to each other? Uh, he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk at all. You really, really, really have to... Go on, please tell me what you're thinking. Oh, really? Yeah. He's older than you, I think it's... Uh... You think, oh, oh, I, well, I thought it was, you, get, you give less of a fuck, like I said, when you get older, so, you, <laughs> you know, but obviously you've gone the other way and now you're shutting off again. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Okay, cool. Brilliant. <laughs> I have picked on the wrong audience member. Just for the uh, audiences at home, he raised his eyebrows and nodded. It <laughs> 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 would be interesting. Absolute bullshit for a podcast, mate. <laughs> Up your game, son. <laughs> I think we're causing more mental health than we are helping with this. No oh, man. But we, I, I, yes, you're right, I do overshare, I do overshare sometimes. It's almost like I spent most of my life being all shut off and now I've opened the floodgates. I'll just tell everybody everything. Hmm. And, it, and it, yeah. I don't, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's no. just about how people deal with it. Yeah. How other people deal with it. Yes, true. But it's, it, but it's kind of like, it's, it, there's a difference between uh, telling people how you're feeling and then offloading on someone else and giving them your problems. Yes. And the yeah, thing, yes. And the thing <laughs> is, and the thing is, I think it's all right to sort of share stuff, but you also have to be kind of like aware that other people are going through their own stuff as well. Yeah. And um, you know, I think sometimes you know you. That's what friendship is, though, isn't it? It's kind of like sometimes you're going through a crisis and you need a friend to talk to, but the deal is that you're there for them as well. Yes. And maybe not necessarily in the same instant. No. Uh, 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 but. It's kind of like a back and forth, and um, uh, and I think sometimes you can be in friendships where it's one-sided, and yes. and that's sometimes where friendships kind of like fall apart because yeah. they don't get anything out of it, yeah. or you don't get anything out of it. Yeah, I've experienced that a few times. When you every time you meet up, you kind of you go, "Hang on a minute, we're just you just this is we're doing this again, okay." And then after a while, you're like, oh, "I want to I want to be there for you," but the other side of it is well, I suppose you when if it, all they're doing is if they're not doing anything about it. If they, it's yeah, it, yeah, yeah, they're just being, but then, but the thing is, you know, so I was going through sort of, um, uh, a few years ago, I was going through like a, a breakup, and um, and I really, and there was a load of other stuff that was going on, and I just was having a really terrible time, and um, my pool of friends was getting smaller and smaller because you just know that when you meet up you're going to be a bad time, do you know? Yes. And you just feel like a burden. Not only do you feel like a burden, but you're, the, the fact is that you are a burden because it's reflected in how eager people are to meet up with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah, then yeah, you yeah. kind of sort of, like, you run out of that well of people to kind of, like... And, and that's sort of, like, scary yeah. and upsetting. It's a lot of things. Uh, and then I started doing therapy. Right. And then it was just like, this is fucking brilliant. Because I don't need to talk to my friends about any of this stuff That's now. It, yeah, I just yeah. save it all up for Belinda, <laughs> and I fucking pay her, and I and I save it up for a week. And every time anything bad happens, I just think, no, I'm going to save that for Wednesday. <laughs> and you make your little list, and you go in, and you offload, and then uh, and then you come out, and then you save your friendship sometimes. That's true, sometimes. actually. Yeah, I said that a few times before. I think everybody should go and talk to someone at some point. I think point, everyone you know? should do yeah, therapy. Yeah, everybody. I think yeah. that my, you know, I think that I've got, <laughs> I've got family members that I think should have definitely done therapy. <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah. You just think, you know, everyone would get, you know, everyone would get on a lot better because it's not just about kind of like moaning to someone, but it's kind of about like 
processing your feelings and having like that support there. I mean, my therapist is fucking incredible, and uh, she said, you know, there's a big mountain in front of you, and uh, a ma- a ma- you've got a mountain of problems in front of you, and you've got a teaspoon, and you're trying to chip away at it. Wow. And she goes, but don't worry, Nick, I'm stood right next to you, and I've got a teaspoon too. And you go, <laughs> and it was then when I fucked her. <laughs> so now I've got to get a new therapist. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that brings us nicely to the end of the show. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't fuck her. What a way to finish. I, I didn't fuck her. <laughs> uh, I do need to pay her, though. So. <laughs> uh, thank you all for coming. Very much appreciate it. Um, also, there's a, there's a, there's a, we've been nominated, the podcast's been nominated in the Pod Bible for, uh, for, for an, uh, an award. So if you go to that and... Uh, and uh, oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thanks, man. See, that's something else as well. If you see someone's got something on them, tell them. <laughs> tell them. Tell them. Fucking hell, the fucking amount of times <laughs> I fucking got home with shit all over my face. And you go, why? I met nine people today. Why did not one of them cunts fucking tell me? <laughs> so if you could jump up onto that, onto the, go to the podbiblemag.com and, and give us a vote. That would be lovely. Thank you, really. It's been really nice of you to come down. Can I have a round of applause for everybody behind the scenes looking after us tonight? Uh, there was Ryan, we've got Jade, and uh, this is producer Paul, everybody. Don't know if you've heard him on the podcast. Here he is. This is the man that makes this sound palatable. If it was just me, if you're on my phone. We are, we get it as uh, if people, most of you know, but if you don't, uh, the podcast comes out at 6 pm every Thursday. Uh, we've got some wonderful guests lined up for the future. And uh, in February, it'll be our first birthday. So uh, there you go, a, a monumental time, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but thank you, thanks for coming out. And uh, can I have a round of applause for my wonderful guest, Mr. Nick Helm? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming. We'll see you downstairs in the bar. See you later. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.